0: This this is the Impressions Exchange podcast. Impressions Exchange podcast, where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Welcome to the Impressions Exchange podcast. In this episode, my colleague, senior editor Dan Marks, takes the reins in a discussion with Bill Farquharson, president of the Sales Vault, and Linda Bishop president of Thought Transformation. They discuss the current state of print sales, how to maintain clients, what a positive relationship looks like between a salesperson and a client, what success looks like, how to market yourself, and why trust is essential.
1: I'm pleased to welcome Bill Farkerson, president of The Sales Vault, and Linda Bishop, president of Thought Transformation. Welcome to both of you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Dan.
1: Hey, let's begin this discussion broadly. Um, First, with the sales professionals you're talking to today, how is it going out there? I mean, how uh, would you describe the current state of print sales? Linda, you want to start us?
2: I'm thinking, Bill, I'll be interested to see what you say, but it's kind of a, I am hanging in there, sometimes by my fingernails, you know, but definitely a hanging in there mentality for the people that are there. What's interesting to me is that even though in times of great change and crisis and everything, there's always tons of opportunities, people have less of a growth mindset, I think, than a survival mindset. So, Bill, what would you? What are you seeing out there?
3: You, you know, Linda, it was funny because I wanted to ask you the same thing. So we're definitely on par here. I, I think if this interview had happened 20 years ago and Dan had said, what's the state of print sales? Our answers would probably be pretty much the same. you know for every <laughs> person we know that's killing it, we have one person who's they're in the doldrums. Uh, the, I think one of the big differences are two actually that, that, that I'm thinking of. One is that today's print sales rep is having unprecedented challenges just connecting with people they can't find them it's like everyone's in the witness protection program
1: <laughs> and and what is what is the reality that's that's causing that
3: I, I just have to think that it's the environment that the clients are in they're in a hybrid workplace hmm. but number one so you know how do you know when people are going to be in the office well the new york times says that Wednesday is the number one toughest day to get a lunch uh, reservation at a restaurant. You know, the transit stations are filled on Wednesdays first, Tuesdays second, Thursdays third. You have to take clues like that. This, mm-hmm. is, a, this is a new challenge.
1: Okay. And uh, Linda, in terms of, of what you're hearing about people trying to track down prospects, trying to maintain those uh, relationships with existing clients, is, is it the same? And have you heard any strategies that are working?
2: I mean, Dan, I'm going to say, like, I have really changed how when I'm advising clients on how to successfully run a business development cycle. It is much different than it was a year ago, two years ago, let alone what Bill said, you know, 20 years ago. But yet so many people are still using the same strategies. And I think one of the things, just like Bill said you know, the hybrid workplace work world has really, really changed how accessible people are. But I also think it's changed how people um, view their time. Often the hybrid work world involves a lot more Zoom meetings. You know, it seems so easy now. Let's just all meet instead because I can't walk down the hall and talk to Becky, It's you know, and ask her my questions. So I think that is impacting salespeople, but it's I also think people need to employ a lot more creativity than they used to. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: People have problems and a lot of them are the same problems they had a decade ago. And other problems are very new problems, you know. So in order to get someone to be motivated to meet with you, why would they take that meeting? You know, they don't have problems with color management necessarily or yeah. uh things that they used to or paper, you know, paper drove a lot of meetings. If you had paper last year, you could probably get a meeting with anyone on the planet. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. Well let's um let's kind of build on that and and Bill, um, you know, obviously print sales has changed in certain ways. What does a positive um relationship between a um uh, print salesperson and their customer look like today? You know, it used to be, oh, we get together for lunch once in a while. Maybe we we golf, maybe we invite them to an event. What does it look like now?
3: Yeah, and that's a that's a great question, Dan, because that word relationship, I don't think there's anything that's that's uh, gone through more change than that word, you know, because you're absolutely right. It used to be a face-to-face thing, but we're finding that we can maintain develop, nurture relationships without the face-to-face.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, Linda said something I think very important that I want to underscore. Time is what people value the most. And I had a, I had a buyer uh, uh, post something on LinkedIn to me and said, I sit with my finger over the delete button and listen to messages. And if somebody says, I'm going I'm, I'm to call, I'm trying to save you money, I hit delete. Right. The ones that say I'm going to save you time, those are the ones I hover over. So, you know, but relationships, how do you how do you do that? And and I think a lot of it is just the simple things that our parents and grandparents taught us. Remember birthdays. Don't hit that stupid blob at the bottom of LinkedIn that says congrats (laughs) on your anniversary. Pick up the phone. Have notes available, a handwritten note. Linda, who does that anymore? Nobody, right? Mm -hmm. If everything goes left, you need to go right. That's a big part of building a relationship. Simple, basic, fundamental stuff.
1: Okay. I'm going to send that to you, uh, Linda, as well. What does a relationship in sales look like today?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things I've always enjoyed, you know, reading what Bill writes is Bill is like me, he is a believer in the fundamentals. The fundamentals, people still buy from people and they are going to choose who they're going to buy from, you know, and how you get their attention, how you nurture value. Those things really haven't changed a lot, you know, from when Ben Franklin was probably running his printing press, you know, back in the good old days, you know, so to speak. But I do think one of the biggest thing, and this goes back to, how, you know, putting more effort into figuring out how to differentiate yourself. Like Bill said, you know, everybody else is going right. How can you go left? What does that look like? You know, and I would say too often, I think that's left to the sales, the busy sales representative, not necessarily the CEO or the chief sales officer at the company, you know, give people more arrows for their quiver, you know, whatever you think that is. Tell people you can, I can have donuts delivered to somebody's house nowadays if I want that to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go by the office to give them donuts. You know, how could you use things like that, that donut marketing that helped make me successful when I was as a rep in today's world when people are not in the office? You know, just thoughts.
1: Okay, and uh, Linda, I'm going to stick with you for this uh, this next question. And I guess I'd like to first um, have you sort of imagine what a stereotypical print salesperson looks like is like, and how does that stereotype that most people hold in their heads differ from the reality of people who are really successful selling print today?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference is that people do not necessarily realize. We are living in an era where consensus is critically important, particularly if you're trying to con- get someone to change vendors. Mm-hmm. If you're the incumbent, that's fantastic. You know, you might know Steve, and Steve seems like the one and only person you need to talk to, but behind Steve, there's a whole bunch of people that are talking to him. And so I think that stereotype you know, from the era that, you know, when I first started to sell, people have titles with print buyer on it Mm -hmm. is long gone. But people do not really know how to sell to people outside the room or a group of people that influence, you know, decision making, you know. And I think that is um, that that's one of those things that that's kind of a remnant from the old school transactional selling that really kind of needs to uh, be put to rest yeah. today.
1: Okay. So what you're kind of saying is that uh, people need to be comfortable selling more deeply into a company, not just to that one face or that one name that maybe they can pull up on the website and and uh, get those tentacles um, out. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, yeah. what do you think on that?
3: I think, that, again, the question was a stereotypical Print sales or print sales rep. I think it's somebody who understands two things. And and my wife is so sick of me hearing, of hearing me say this, but I say it three times a week. Number one, we live in an Amazon world, Mm -hmm. we don't buy anything without reading the reviews of others. And the other one kind of folds into that, and that is marketing is the new sales. I'm going to check you out, Dan. I'm going to look at you through your LinkedIn profile. I'm going to read what other people say of you. Are they giving you four stars? Are you sketchy? Oh, five stars. Wow. There's somebody that I think I want to, maybe I'll take that next phone call when I look over at the caller ID and I see his, his name there. Right. So you've got to do the extra work. And this is brand new. You have to curate a LinkedIn profile, not just throw something up. But you want to make that first impression because we're not getting the face-to-face time those two things those two realities we live in an amazon world marketing is the new sales that i think defined that's my base definition of the stereotypical print sales and sales rep
1: okay and i'd like to stay with you actually for for the next question which is you know, you're talking about different sales channels and you've brought up LinkedIn a couple of times. Obviously, we have social media. We have more traditional methods of, of reaching people. So what do you think today is the least effective and the most effective um, channels for reaching um, new customers?
3: Least effective is the stuff that we have been doing forever that's just not working now, Bill. <laughs> <So> like, wait, <laughs> let me get this straight. You're doing it. It's not working. And your strategy is to do more of it. Right. Here's an idea. I, I get back to stick to that marketing thing for a second. I think what's working is when 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 clients when uh, when printers will put stories on LinkedIn. Look at the job that we just did. Look at the sign that we just put up. And and I have people say, "Well, wait a minute. Why would I tell my competition that there's a sign job over there, or there's a print job, or we just did this wrap?" Mm-hmm. And yet, that's exactly what you want to do. If your relationship and there's that word again, Dan. If your relationship is so weak that seeing a picture of something is going to lose you the account, you are going to lose it anyway. You want to shout from the top of the mountain, we know this problem. Look at what we did for somebody else, because that's going to not just get you more appointments from people picking up the phone, but they're going to call you and they're going to say, hey, Bill, I saw that you did that job. I've got that exact same problem. And you know what disappeared in the background just then? The price objection, because they're seeing you as a subject matter expert. So the strategy that's working, write some white papers, build some testimonials, get some case studies together, put together some videos, short strategy, you know, 60 second YouTube videos, get your child or grandchild to help you or that young sales rep in the office, but stop the, stop the traditional sales approach. Mm -hmm. The the fundamentals will work, the, the, the diligence, but the steps are different.
1: Okay, Linda, in, in terms of, of uh, how you would advise companies reaching out, I mean do you see them having more interest, more value in social media or email marketing? Is that still a thing? Um, what What is the sweet spot or is it variable based on who you're trying to reach out to?
2: I think like two things that people could are that are both powerful and horribly used are email marketing. You know, and I think every company should have a developed suite of business development emails that are written by somebody a professional copywriter. Most mm-hmm. sales reps did not go to school. They can't write like you know, like Bill and I, you know, like it just that's not what they went to school for, you know. So right. when they send out emails, they're neither motivating or particularly professional sometimes, you know, but yeah that is the number one channel to reach people. Everybody gets emails. So what makes your stand out? But the other one is social. You know, what Bill said about, you know, just clicking the box on congratulations, it's your anniversary. Even that's better than just ignoring the fact that you're linked to all these people. Or worse, you're not linked to these people who are your critical accounts, you know, because you're You just never thought through, here's my strategy to link and here's the value you get if you link to me. So there's so many opportunities for both. And what Bill said, like, it's very powerful when you can do the show and tells, you know, through a channel, you know, whether it be an email newsletter or whether it be your social, you know, very powerful. People are always looking for ideas, they just go, I don't need you to come in my office for ideas. I can get plenty of them online nowadays. Mm-hmm. But so don't be invisible online if that's where people are looking for their next big idea.
1: Right. I know the um, uh, e- example of a uh, uh, printing company I know, they ended up getting an um, account for a, to wrap a huge fleet of semi-trucks because um, one of the members of the staff had come up with a um, Instagram account and was just, you know, throwing some pictures up there of jobs they'd completed. The um, CEO or president of the company at the time said, what are you wasting your time with that stuff for? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, unsolicited a call came, comes in, you guys do fleet wraps, uh, let's talk. Um, what an, what an amazing thing. Uh, Bill, let's um let's talk a little bit about sales strategy. Um, You know, obviously there's, there can be too much seat of the pants. Um, Approaches to things. So, how important is that? And or is or is print sales just kind of a numbers game? Where you, if you contact X number of people, you're going to end up with X number of accounts. Because I've heard it presented both ways.
3: Yeah, I've never believed that sales is a numbers game. I would rather have a client of mine, a coaching client, make two well-researched sales calls that call and say i understand from my research that you've got this business need and i can solve that and here's how
1: mm-hmm.
3: i'd rather have them make two of those than then my name is bill and i sell print can i speak to the person who buys the print make 50 of those because in one you're going to get into a price-based conversation and you're going to lose and then you're going to go to your boss and say everybody buys on price Well, I got news for you. If you go for a walk down a dark alley in any American city, you're going to get mugged. Mm -hmm. So, if you call and talk about price, that's where it's going to end. So, I I think I don't believe it's a numbers game. I think you've got to make a high value, well researched call. There's no excuse given the amount of information that we have, the capabilities. And this, by the way, uh, I consider this to be the single most important selling skill a sales rep can have do the research come up with their business need and how you're gonna solve it, make that sales call. You know, this is, but the, the thing is, this is a fundamental, because the first thing I learned in July of 1982, 41 mm-hmm. years ago, Dan, was solve the problem, earn the order. That right. was the first thing they taught me in sales school. And that's exactly what I'm referring to right now.
1: Based on what Bill was saying, um... If a company is is just getting started and setting up their own sales strategy or, or they want to strengthen what they have, from whom should the sales strategy be initiated? How should it be developed and, and who are the players do you think need to go into that that creation?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good question because too often. I think strategies are left to individual salespeople, which there's account strategies and then there's company strategies. But at the core, even no matter how much you know about an individual company, you have to have some benefits that they want. You know, that's like the essence of why people buy from you, your why buy statement. And I do think that needs to come, be a top-down activity, not necessarily a bottom-up everybody saying what they think is important. You know, so and then based on, you know, just to kind of add to what um, Bill said, in the modern world, I really think where sales reps need to focus their time is on people who appear to be engaged. And there's so many ways to figure out who that is. So marketing might be more of a numbers game nowadays, meaning that you need to be able to pour enough in at the top to figure out who's engaged so that when you have your salespeople follow up, mm-hmm. it can be a rich and meaningful conversation, just like Bill said, where people feel like you really understand their problem and you can solve it. So right. it's sometimes to just get the door open, those benefits top down.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I think um, sports analogies are often overused. And um, you know, obviously, that idea of you know a basketball team where everybody's running in different directions, trying to get the ball and trying to make the basket is chaos. It's not a team approach. Bill, any thoughts on that?
3: You know, uh, there's a there's a word that, that keeps floating around in the back of my head, and that's authenticity. You know, mm-hmm. that strategy. Um, you, you've got to be authentic in this, and that starts, as Linda pointed out, at, at the top. The 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 sales rep that was hired back in the day, back 40 years ago, they wanted somebody who could hunt it, qualify it, get the appointment, sell it, perhaps even design it, sometimes even deliver it, and then collect for it. And I think one of the big differences here is that businesses need to do more print shops, print companies need to do more on the front end and the back end. Mm-hmm. So you got to do more to qualify that lead and give the sales rep a qualified lead. And then once the order is placed the sales rep is out. Let the sales rep live in the middle so that the rep can go and do what he or she does best, sell, FaceTime. Right. Well, and that's the new, uh, spreadsheet, I guess, <laughs> of, of activity.
1: Um, do you think that, um, the handoff, um, to use another sports analogy, um, between sales teams and CSRs has become fuzzier, harder to manage? In today's environment, or is it about the same?
3: Fuzzier, harder to manage. Um, I think it's probably. I don't think that anything has changed there. All, okay. I, all I know is that if I'm a sales rep, I want to empower my customer service person to be a part of that relationship, because the the the, the irony, the sad irony of sales, Dan, is that the more successful you become. Mm -hmm. the less time you have to become more successful. It's not like you, it's not a video game. You don't hit a million dollars and God says, hey, congratulations, you have two extra hours of bonus time every week. You have 26 (laughs) hours of the day. It doesn't work like that. So if anything that I can do to to focus on the thing that makes me the most money, and usually it's customer contact, get rid of everything else. And the, the business, the managers take things off their desk because they're they're not going to succeed beyond a certain level, but they're just going to keep working harder. Linda, I don't know about you, but the people that you work with that sell the most, they probably work the least, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, some do some, you know, I think it depends what their strategy, you know, what their strategy is, but I do think they all the people that make the most and sell the most have really strong CSRs, you know, that is, that person is an extension of them.
1: It really seems as though there needs to be an element of trust that you can pass off that job to the CSR and not have to fiddle with it anymore. It's well taken care of. And that's that's, uh, I think, a trust element that's got to be essential. Otherwise, I think it's difficult for a salesperson to extract themselves from that job to start and be able to look to the future. I'd like to, I'll start with Linda here. Um, I want each of you to tell me one thing that you think sales teams should be doing today but probably are not. So Linda, what do you got?
2: I think like the one thing that people should be doing is looking at their current accounts and figuring out what's, what's one more thing I could sell to these people. You know, organic growth, account penetration strategies, something along that. You get so busy that you forget to say, what else could they buy from me? You know, mm-hmm. so that would be my one more thing, Dan.
1: And is it kind of a, almost like a triangulating triangulating thought there where let's say they're they're buying this product and they're buying this product and they're this type of business. Therefore, it's very likely they'll be buying product number three as this, well.
2: Yeah, I think You know, and and that, again, is something where I feel like management can help. This would be an example, but the clients I have, and I'm sure that Bill has, they sell print, but they also sell promotional products. You know, promotional products get used for multiple purposes. Right. And beyond just I bought promotional products, they're for trade shows. So what else goes into the trade shows? They're for employee recognition. What else goes into that? Mm -hmm. They're for the you know, you've got a new product or a new brand, and you're getting all the swag for the sales team. What else goes into that? You know, so just there's always a lot of opportunities to expand within an account that already loves you and will welcome a conversation. And it's just so much easier than it is to try to kick the door down for somebody who has never bought from you in the first place.
1: Okay. Bill, what should teams be doing today?
2: I took your question literally.
3: Okay. I'm a very literal person. So what they should do today, and we're, we're recording this in early August. So I, the way I answer that question, Dan, is to say they should be preparing for the three most important prospecting months of the year september october and november so because what you do in those three months or what you don't do are going to determine how your 2023 ends and how your 2024 begins there's something about labor day it's a it's a ceremonial end of summer sure here in new england we used to go to school the day after labor day so there's a light switch there's just people say okay up summer's over and then they get back to work mentally our customers are preparing to get back to work mm-hmm. if you put your head down and you sell as hard as you can for 90 days september 1st at the end of thursday you will crush it at the end of this year and you will come rocketing out of the gates the beginning of next year that's what i think sales teams should be doing right now
1: okay and then bill i'm going to stay with you for the next question what we're going to do is flip that question on its on its head What's one thing that you think sales teams absolutely should not be doing these days, today, um, but probably are?
3: They're asking the wrong question. They're asking who buys the print. That's the wrong question. That's the second question. The first question is, what are their business needs? Mm -hmm. You wanna find the what before you find the who. It gets back to what I was saying earlier about getting in a price-based conversation. So if you're asking what are their business needs and you're looking at their website, the website is a window to the soul of a business. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you everything that they're doing. Or it should. Or yeah, it won't be the (laughs) five in some cases. It
1: tells you nothing.
3: This is 85-year-old thinking. Dale Carnegie said you can get what you want when you figure out what the other guy wants and help them to get it. What they want is on their website. And if you can't get it off the website, then Dan, you're right. Maybe it's not a company that you're going to be able to do business with because they don't value marketing. Mm-hmm. They don't value getting the word out there. But if their website says, "Hey, we're launching a new product," there's your sales call. There's the what. What are their business needs? Mm-hmm. The next step is to say, "Who do I want to talk to?" To find the what, then find the who. That's what they should be doing, but they're not. They're finding the who,
2: and they're getting buried in price.
1: Okay. And Linda, same question for you.
2: Some accounts have upside. And some accounts don't have any upside, but you really like the buyer. Stop mm. calling on the accounts where you really like the buyer, but there's no upside. If you get more business and over investing in people who cannot help you and your company get to where you want to go to, you know,
1: it's almost like a, a limitation of a relationship. You you are so tied into the person, the friendship, the partnership that the business becomes secondary is that what you're saying
2: yes and but it's also what bill said about time i mean time is very finite and it is your greatest resource as a sales rep how you use it you're either going to be best in class or you're going to be floundering around trying to figure out how to meet your goals you know when you overinvest in people who cannot really help you meet your goals maybe you need to make them your friend you know, and not necessarily have them as your primary time suck client.
1: <laughs> Got it, well put. Well, thank you both, Bill Farkerson and Linda Bishop for for chatting with me today. It's always delightful to talk to you.
2: Thank you, Dan. So, Thank you, Dan. And it was good to see you, Bill. Nice to see you too, Linda.
0: I want to give my thanks to Dan for hosting today's episode and to Bill and Linda for sharing their expertise with us today. And of course, I want to thank all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast.